0: This is the Pirate Radio Podcast.
1: And welcome into the Pirate Radio Podcast. I am Shirley Rhodes. On February 8th, Aaron Fitt, one of the writers for D1 Baseball, joined us on the show to talk about ECU baseball and college baseball as a whole as we get ready for the season next week.
0: I know Perry's excited. PJ's pumped because it's almost ECU baseball season, and we'll talk about that right now. Joining us on the Pirate Radio Live line, you know we had to get him in before the start of the 2024 season. He is Aaron Fit from D1 Baseball. Joining us on Pirate Radio Live. Aaron, how you doing, man? I'm good, Clip. How are you doing? Doing great. And, uh, man, we've been getting some chilly but clear pretty nice february weather we just hope that can stick around one more week aaron for some baseball here in greenville and across the state and the country and excited uh going into this year and First of all, we'll, uh, we'll get your take on the Pirates, Aaron. Overall, I was able to check out a little bit of the scrimmage on Sunday and uh, see some of the parts they have coming back and some of the new pieces. When you look at what Cliff Godwin has returning, the guys he's brought in via high school, via the transfer portal, uh, what's your 2024 outlook on ECU?
1: Yeah, it's just kind of, you know, a rinse and repeat here for, for East Carolina. They're going to be really good again. You know, clearly the team to beat in the American. Um I think we've got them ranked, what, around number 12 or so in the preseason. I mean, a team that looks like it's got a really good chance to host a regional again and, you know, make an Omaha run. It's it's all there. I, I really like it in particular that they've got high-end, front-line starting pitching. You know, I, I feel like that's always a separator. Um, when you've got uh, a couple of arms that you can run out there in the first two games of a potential super regional that can shut somebody down. And, and ECU's had teams like that before. Uh, they've gotten very close to Omaha. You know, when you've got a Gavin Williams or, um, you know, uh, an Agnos at the front of your rotation, that really helps. And, of course, now you've got a first team All American in Trey Savage, uh, who I think is going to have a monster year. I mean, he had a huge year last year, and, and he's sounded like he's only gotten better. Um, and, and then Zach Root, just a big time breakout guy as a sophomore behind him, a lefty that got a lot of experience last year. He's got real stuff. So I love that one two punch. Plenty of pitching depth around those guys. You know, you got a real closer with Danny Beal who's got experience, and, and it's another balanced, you know, exciting lineup.
0: Aaron Fit joining us, and I'm in the East Carolina bubble. A lot of us are. We know Trey Savage is, uh, is very good, Aaron, but sometimes I don't know how good he is kind of compared to the best across the country. Apparently you think uh, he's up there. Did I see him number three in a D1 baseball ranking for starting pitchers this year?
1: Yeah, we have them number three behind only Josh Hartle from Wake Forest and, and Hagen Smith from Arkansas, wow. uh, and th- and then it's the Savage, you know. And, and uh, if if I had to pick one of those guys right now, I might pick Trey. I mean, you know, it, it's really close between those three. It really is. But I, I think Trey's a, a slam dunk. I mean, just if you look at the success he had last year, he's going to dominate certainly their schedule. Um, and it's a guy that it, it's. You know, mid to high nineties with command, and plus a, a wiped out slider that he can command, and he's got a splitter that he can get swing, swing and miss with, and and now he's flipping that curveball too. It's just a really complete guy. So, uh, just a, a special talent.
0: Aaron, I was thinking about this today. That the last couple of years, we've seen bounce back uh, seasons from Pirates. And I guess a couple of years ago, Bryson Worrell fit that category. Um, last year, Josh Moylan coming off a down year had a good year for East Carolina. Uh, Jacob Jenkins Coward maybe fits into that category this year. He had that injury. Uh, that was brutal, that we don't wish upon any man, uh, that he suffered last year, says he's ready to go 100% now. So he's certainly in that camp. How about, you know, comeback players or or breakout players on this ECU team? Who fits that mold for you?
1: Yeah, and certainly you're right. You know, J.C., that's a guy that – and it's funny. We say, you know, he had a down year last year because he set the bar pretty high as a freshman, but he still hit, you know, 293, hit nine home runs. He had a fine year, uh, but there is, you know, a lot more – potential there. I mean, if he if he's healthy all year long, uh, it's a different animal. So yeah, I think I think it's fair to, to label him as, as that, as a, a guy that's gonna have a much bigger year than he had last year. Uh but Ryan McChrystal comes to mind, you know, and, and he was kind of the buzzy guy in fall camp back in fall twenty twenty two. They were really excited about him. Then he got hurt, uh and, and just kinda got you know, got blocked really. Justin Wilcox and ran with that catcher job and McChrystal kinda got buried a little bit, didn't get a lot of playing time last year, but um, they still like him. I mean, you know, it, 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 there is really a lot to like about that that left-handed swing. There is power potential. Uh, I suspect you'll see a lot of time at DH and, and maybe spell Will Coxon as well behind the plate because he can throw. You know, he, he can catch. I mean, there's he, he's a talented catcher in his own right. So they're they're lucky to have some insurance at that crucial position. But uh, that for me is kind of an obvious guy that I, I would think would be that. That bounce back, and you could throw Dixon Williams in there. I mean, for me, Dixon Williams falls more into the breakout category yeah. um, as, as a sophomore, but somebody that didn't play much last year um, that they're they're really excited about. I, I would expect he'll be the everyday third baseman. I'm not sure what exactly they're doing in, in their early scrimmages here this spring, but that's where I would expect to see him. And, and uh, he's just a, an athletic dude who I think can can fill up the stat sheet, do do a lot of different things to help and play really good defense.
0: Aaron Fit D1 Baseball joining us. Uh, if you go to D1 Baseball right now, you can check out the American Athletic Conference preview with uh, Trey Savage right there front and center on D1 Baseball. All kinds of goodies there. We'll tell you everything they got going on um, in just a moment. Aaron, you mentioned uh, a moment ago ECU, the favorite in the American, and every year we have these uh, preview chats. You have said that phrase. How about the influx of new teams? How does that affect this conference? How does it affect ECU standing? Uh, Which one of these uh, new teams could challenge the Pirates this year?
1: Yeah, I definitely think it makes it a better league. Um, I I don't think that hurts East Carolina because I think they're still clearly the class of the league, but I think it it helps them because it gives you a chance, I think, to have even a better RPI. Um, You know, Charlotte. Florida Atlantic, UTSA, these have all been contenders in Conference USA over the last few years. I mean, UTSA is really a, a rising program under, under Patrick Hallmark. And, you know, FAU has been a consistent winner kind of in that UNC Wilmington tier of, of teams that are like kind of consistent regional programs for the last 20 years. Um, and, and Charlotte is, is like UTSA. With uh, with Robert Woodard at the helm, there, I think they've they're trying to make their third regional in the last four years. You know, they're really uh, for me, it's Charlotte's the number two team here, although it's kind of unclear because a lot of these teams had a ton of turnover, and it's just hard to to know what to expect nowadays with the portal. I mean, the, yeah. the, the landscape is so different. um And ECU's one of those teams that hasn't really done it that way. They're really just kind of sticking to their uh their developmental plan, and yeah, you plug in a transfer here or there as you need to, but. You know, it, it, it's, it's, I love the way East Carolina still runs things, you know, where you've got these program guys that get better and better. But a lot of teams, you know, you, you lose a bunch of guys, and, and Charlotte did because they had a very good year last year, lost a bunch of guys to the draft and graduation, uh, as you would expect. And so they went out and just, you know, got a whole bunch of transfers and, and plugged them in there. And, and I think they did a very good job with it. That's why I think they're probably a, a regional-caliber team uh but you just never know but uh, uh they they've got some power arms there especially in the bullpen some guys that I really like i think they should have a very good bullpen um you know kind of a a nice blend of some power and some speed in in the lineup you got a couple of returning you know pretty good players like a Caden Hobson or a um uh, you know Brandon Stallman at shortstop some nice up the middle pieces so they they feel like the, the the biggest contender but i think ECU clearly you know well ahead
0: Aaron Fitt joining us. That's interesting, Aaron. We kind of see what ECU does as far as, yeah, they'll grab a guy here or there, Chris Kaler, somebody out of the portal. But mostly they are going the traditional route. And I was wondering if that was – the case more so in baseball than football and basketball the roster turnover is crazy now in those sports it sounds like you're saying it's the same in baseball but maybe we just don't see it here at ecu but your job has become tougher these last few years aaron doing previews with all the new faces everywhere
1: yeah it's really uh you know, it used to be you'd kind of have a, a trajectory that you could follow for a program, right? I mean, you get a strong freshman class in, you kind of expect a little jump in sophomore, and then year three, this is their year to make a run. And now it's just, you know, all bets are off. I mean, the portal is, is is a real game changer. And, you know, some teams, it's like they're shopping they're in the portal more than in the high school ranks. And they throw in some JUCO guys, too. You can really transfer in a hurry. You know, it may not even be necessary to have these kind of transitional years anymore you can just instantly plug your your holes and so um it'll be fascinating to see how this all plays out over the next you know five years and um i don't know all i know is it's here to stay it's it has made it more difficult to forecast what's going to happen that is certainly true
0: uh we got aaron on another five to ten minutes if you want to get in a question on youtube or facebook you could do so jack says ask aaron how did he pass up on jc and starman jacob starling uh for the Fitty barrel squad well you can't choose everybody but sounds like you like jc this year and and uh and jacob starling one of those uh possible breakout guys for ecu as well aaron
1: yeah, that's a great point, and I don't know if that's, is that a reference to our, we just did a kind of a fantasy draft uh, at D1 Baseball based on our position rankings, where we all kind of constructed our own teams. I didn't realize that was posted yet, but um, uh, but yeah, it looks like it is posted, so there you go. Oh, yeah. that's, that's, a, that's a quick poll right there. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Star, Starling's one of my favorite players, too, and that one, uh, that, that's a whiff by me. You know, our hand up there, I, I, I went for a two-way player at second base who could help me in the bullpen also, but Starling's awesome, man. That guy's a whole lot of fun to watch. He has been for uh, quite a while now, and he's just gotten better and better. You know, and it, it kind of occurred to me uh, as I was previewing East Carolina, he, you know, he, he's so much more than just the energy guy. And just the, He's always kind of that clutch player that came through with the big hit for you, it seemed like, but and he, he kind of does it all. He fills it up for an undersized dude. He um, hit you know, double-digit home runs last year. He sold almost 20 bags. I mean, he plays great defense. I mean, he, he's one of the best players on the field. Uh, and, and, you know, credit to him. He's just really worked hard and made himself into a, a really, really good player. And, and, and as we talked about, you know, Jenkins Coward. I mean, that guy, he, he I would expect him to have a monster year as a junior.
0: Aaron, always ask you, is there a front runner this year? We saw uh, wake forest in the season they had, I think going into this year, when we had our chat with you last year, LSU was the team, uh, that, that you had at the top and uh, they were the team at the end but Wake Forest had something to say about it during the regular season how about this year is it um, you know a couple of teams there at the top in a gap is it uh, a lot of parity? Uh, how do you think it shakes out at the top this year
1: well, we had kind of a spirited debate in the preseason uh, between Wake Forest and then three SEC teams Florida Arkansas LSU um, I didn't think going into that discussion that wake was Maybe the slam dunk number one, uh, you know, for me they lost a lot of key guys from last year. I mean, multiple All-Americans on the mound, and you know Brock Wilkin in the lineup, and a, you know a whole bunch of guys that were that were key parts of that thing. But and then you kind of break it down, and my goodness, they've got five preseason All-Americans this year. I mean, again, a team that picked its spots on the portal and just hit home runs with with Chase Burns from Tennessee, um, who it's just, I mean. Listen, the guy has got absurd stuff. He was a National Freshman of the Year two years ago. Um, kind of just had an off sophomore year, wound up in the bullpen. But um, now you, you got him with, in my opinion, one of the very best pitching coaches in the country, Corey Mascara. Uh, I saw a video of Burns in a scrimmage this week, and wow, I mean, it's you know, it's 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 kind of terrifying how good that guy could be uh, if he can you know iron out a few things, that it seems like he has. So you throw him in there with Hartle and Michael Massey. Your whole rotation now is preseason All Americans. Uh, you throw in Seaver King, who was a team USA guy this summer. He's your starting center fielder. That's another preseason All-American. And then Nick Kurtz is back at first base. So uh, that star power is unmatched. And, and uh, you know, I don't think they're quite as deep as they were last year in certain areas, especially on the mound, but uh, there's still a lot to like. And it, it does feel like they're, they're clearly the team to beat. And now, you know, as we've talked about before, the number one team in the country doesn't usually win at all because you get, you got to be the hottest team. It's not usually the best team that wins it, but, um, you know, last year it happened. Wake LSU was preseason number one, and they won it all. It's the first time I can remember that happening. So uh, maybe maybe the the jinx is over. Maybe it's Wake Forest's turn.
0: Aaron Fit joining us. Aaron, kind of a, a big picture question here with all the realignment and the the new world of college athletics. Uh, the one thing I fear is they're going to take away my NCAA tournament, my March Madness. Love the Cinderella. Love the underdog. You can say the same about the regionals and the road to Omaha, it, you know, any concerns that there will be a split off? And, and if so, will it just stick to football? Will that affect uh, what we see postseason with baseball? Have you, you thought about what this might look like uh, five, 10, 15 years from now?
1: Yeah, it's certainly, it feels like we're on the brink of some seismic changes, doesn't it? It just, you know, with the current model, doesn't really feel sustainable. Um, where you've got all this consolidation, of course, with the power conferences. and The power conferences just keep getting bigger and bigger. Um, where where are we headed? I mean, is it just going to be? You've got the SEC and the Big Ten, and there's only two teams, only two leagues left, and there's you know fifty teams in those two leagues, and then you know that's it. And they're they're playing for the big prize. Everybody else just gets table scraps. I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe um, you know may, maybe it's it, it's a situation where we've got like a a uh, totally different structure for football with their conference realignment, the conference alignment versus every other sport. Because what we've got now is nonsense. I mean, you know, Stanford and Cal playing in the Atlantic Coast Conference. I mean, you know, the, all the whole the, – the, the dissolution of the Pac-12 is just a, it's an athletic tragedy. You know, It's not a real-world tragedy, but as far as athletics go, it's just sad because that was a wonderful league that made so much sense. You know, the symmetry of it, you had two teams in, in – Washington, two teams in Oregon, two teams in NorCal, two in SoCal, two in Arizona, and they all kind of, you know, would would play home and homes one trip each year at each place. It was just like actually a perfect baseball conference in a lot of ways, and now you've got it all broken up with some of those teams going to the ACC, some of the Big Ten, some of the Big 12, and that stinks, Um, and, and, you know, I I, I don't know, I guess the genie's out of the bottle. I can sit here and, and Cry about it, but uh, I don't think the Pac-12 is coming back. And so, you know, I I don't know. Uh, Maybe, maybe the answer is just we have a um, a, a one double A type of a division structure that that could happen in baseball as 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 the SEC and those those power conference teams pour more and more resources into it. And you're Stony Brook, how are you going to compete? You know, it's already hard enough for them, but I can't imagine it's going to get any easier.
0: Well, whatever it does, it does shake out, however it does. Aaron Fit will be covering it and covering it well. Mr. College Baseball, Aaron Fit, joining us. Go to D1Baseball.com. They've got uh, previews for the conferences, uh, player uh, position rankings, things like that. The fantasy draft he just spoke about from the D1 Baseball podcast. Uh, what else, Aaron, uh, can people find there if, if they want to subscribe and be a part of it?
1: Yeah, boy, I mean, we've our staff is going to be all over it once we get to opening day here. Um, you know, covering the country all season long. Uh, you know podcasts uh, top 25 stuff uh, of course you can read the american athletic conference preview on the site today as you mentioned um we've got more conference previews coming out over the next week leading up to opening day so check us out d1baseball.com
0: and aaron i'm sure we'll see you at clark leclair a uh, time or two this year and, and i'm curious as we let you go do you have a schedule of games you're attending or do you kind of do that on the fly week to week do you do you know where you'll be or are you uh, up in the air on that
1: i mapped out the first three weeks or so. You know, the the first three weeks are so valuable for us because you can get those tournaments with a whole bunch of teams in in one stop. And so as much as I I love to see that North Carolina ECU series in week two, I think that's a wonderful traveling series. Uh, I'm going to be on the road seeing some teams out in Texas, you know, so I can get more bang for my buck. But after that, we'll kind of see how the season plays out.
0: Good deal. Well, we'll see you this season, Aaron, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. Appreciate you joining us today, man. All right, Cliff, you got it. You've been listening to the Pirate Radio Podcast, an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.